My life is chaos and a lack of dignity. Hi, listeners. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. We host a weekly podcast called Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, where I subject Warren to new musicals every week. It's really broadened my horizons and let me know that just about anything can be made into a musical. Yeah, like a musical starring trains or a musical about Spider-Man. Which we don't talk about. Or even a musical about a famous painting. Wait, like, like about the artist or about the actual painting? Yes. I have concerns. Tune in every Wednesday to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Pomegranates and Pitchforks. This is a true crime and horror podcast that brings true stories and not so true stories together in beautiful and disturbing harmony. I'm Alexandria Youngray with my lovely co-host Sunshine Bolon. Hey, welcome to our mini-sode. Hey, welcome to our mini-sode, because Sunshine is on vacation. Whoop, whoop. So, in this episode, we're going to go through the CDC Zombie Apocalypse Guide, which I just thought was really neat, partially because, A, I love zombies, and, you know, we did a a little episode on zombies before, and partially because, like, the CDC has an official Zombie Apocalypse Guide. Way to be nerds, you guys. So I just thought it was really neat. And figured it'd make a good mini-sode. Mini-sode. I need to, like, not... I immediately scrolled down to the comments, and that's a bad place. You should never... Don't read the comments. No, don't read the comments. I had this conversation with my mom the other day. We were walking the dogs, and she, like, was complaining about how mean everyone in the comments were about this video. She watched a video of this guy who was, uh had his dog on a harness and was taking it for a walk and letting him pull him on his bike or his skateboard or something. And she was like, it was so cute. And the dog was having so much fun. And everyone was being so mean to him in the comments saying he was an animal abuser and da, da, da. And I just don't think that's what was going on. And I was like, mom, don't you can't, don't read the comments. Don't, you yeah. can't, no, not allowed. It is, it is the cesspool of the internet hive mind. It's not a real people. It's not a real people. <laughs> not i mean presumably they are real people but just don't no don't don't, Mm -hmm. never go here everywhere the light touches is your kingdom what about that shape never go there (laughs) that's the comment section that's the comment (laughs) section (laughs) yeah i mean i think that's fair right like if you're not willing to dm us or anybody else about something you probably shouldn't be posting it in the comment section no thank you all right, so I guess let's get started. Let's go through the zombie apocalypse guide. Yeah, from the CDC. So this is definitely essentially the CDC's way of being like, "All right, everybody's stoked about planning for the zombie apocalypse, so let's get your asses ready for an actual emergency." Mm-hmm. Which is cool, you know, whatever works. But it's a valid. They're a little bit tongue in cheek about it they're they're not quite as serious as would have been cooler if they were yeah i think that you know putting real 
in italics is just a little too obvious for me, guys. Like, seriously, come on. Yeah. I think that... And then... Uh, just, it would have been so When they get you better. ready for the emergency kit, they're like, oh, you know, just in case you actually have an emergency, what if you check this shit out? And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, and also, too, I think, you know read the room like you'd probably be a lot more successful at getting people to actually be prepared if they i think if there were absolute was absolutely no nod to like aha we're just fucking with you nerds like i think that if there was just straight up like no reference whatsoever to the idea that maybe the zombie apocalypse is a silly thing you'd get a lot more people being prepared or at least more people willing to read all the way through Yes. Yeah. People don't like feeling pandered to. Don't pander, CDC. Well, it does not look good on you. The pandering is... is it, It's not just the pandering. It's the pandering and then the, okay, now that we've got your attention, let's do this other thing. And it's yes. like, no, no, no. Just keep with the thing. Yeah, don't bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. Bait and switch. Bait and switch. So... They start with a brief history of zombies. Which is pretty cool. They kind of talk about, you know, the Haitian, New Orleans, voodoo, yada, yada, that we talked about in our episode on zombies. Yes. I still highly recommend Tell My Horse by Zora Neale Hurston. Did you finish it, by the way? I got like three quarters of the way through it. And that's not a, uh, that does not speak poorly against the book. I am notoriously terrible at getting three quarters of the way through a book and then getting distracted by something else. And going, oh shit, I forgot to finish that. Um, So I hate to admit it, but no, I didn't. But I did get deep enough into it to be like, oh, this is some cool shit. Yeah, I have a tendency to not finish books as well. I try to finish books, but I've definitely got quite a few books that are halfway read. And I think it's because it's actually kind of traumatic to finish a book. Yeah, you're like, I want it to be over. Well, and for me, I'll leave a book out when I'm reading it. And it... My my cycle of cleaning my room is about as long as it takes me to get three quarters of the way through a book. So I'm get three quarters of the way through a book, clean my room, put all my books back on my shelf, and it's like instant memory wipe. Like, when it's no longer just, like, kicking around my room, I forget that I still need to finish it. It's ended up back on the shelf with all the finished books. It's terrible. Bummer. Yeah, I suck. So, so yeah, voodoo, zombie stuff. And then they mentioned that um, an actual Harvard psychiatrist created a medical paper like a fictional medical paper oh for night of the living dead as like a diagnosis so he called it a toxic neurodegenerative satiety deficiency syndrome okay so i don't know what a toxic means but i can tell by the rest of that that he's basically saying your brain is degenerating and you're unable to feel satiated yeah a toxic I I remember this one. It's... Oh, okay. Ataxia is a neurological sign consisting of lack of voluntary coordination of muscle movements that include gait abnormality, speech changes, and abnormalities in the eye movements. Oh, perfect. Okay. I do remember that. It's uh, something that happens with cerebral palsy. That makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So... It affects your movement, your brain, and your ability to be satisfied That's, eating. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say, though, just to... 
I think it's super frustrating that they link to Night of the Living Dead on multiple occasions, as well as, uh, you know, Zombie Survival Guide and things like that, but they don't link to this paper. Oh. Like, of all the things that they're like, here, here's how you can check that out. They're like, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Bad technical I would love to read that paper. Like, seriously. That's really funny. You know, uh, speaking of the zombie survival guide, my mom is a fucking dork. Yes. So mom was like, oh, cool, zombie survival guide, and realized that it was literally about, like, surviving a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And my mom, being a huge dork, was like, I wish it was a survival guide for zombies. Like, skincare. They need some hardcore skin Oh my gosh, routines. that's so funny. Your mom wanted it like, to be a survival guide for zombies, not a guide yeah. on how to survive zombies. Oh, that's beautiful. So mom started, like, half-planning this, like, zombie for survival guide for zombies because my mom is a huge dork. Oh, that's amazing. I love yeah. her. <laughs> how fabulous. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it talks about, like, a couple of the ways that that the zombie virus virus the zombie condition can be spread which you know in any movies you'll kind of see a different explanation right usually it's a virus because spread by bite Mm -hmm. i mean usually it's rabies but basically it's unknown rabies you know and we we've kind of talked about that when we were talking about zombies I don't think I've ever seen a big zombie apocalypse movie that's more like that Haitian voodoo zombie style where it's a, a curse rather than an infectious disease. Well, we talked about one movie that was that example. The I think it's literally called Zombie, but the, the Vincent Price movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've never seen that, though. Yeah. No, I, I guess I haven't seen that either. As amazing as Vincent Price is, that still doesn't feel like it's a strong part of the like culture at this point as far as like when we talk about zombie apocalypse people don't think oh my god a crazy haitian priest is gonna like turn us all into zombies and the world is gonna end it's always disease-based yeah and i feel like we kind of talked about (sighs) i should have re-listened to our zombie episode before doing this episode but i i feel like we talked about this that like the zombie kind of originally came from this Haitian voodoo lore. Yeah. And then it got mixed in with the old lore of ghouls. Yes. Okay. Um, basically in Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And not even original Arabic ghouls, but the weird French bastardization of the original Arabic ghouls. Yeah. And um that's how we now have the the modern zombies mm-hmm. is the mix of kind of all three yeah. influences is, um, you know, your West African to uh, the South, the American South, and also um, certain parts of South America and the Caribbeans, and um, also Arabic lore, and also like European interpretations of that, right? Which is just sort of a fascinating. I don't know, kind of cultural search. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely recognize, like, that's just, like, how it happened, right? Like, that mm-hmm. all of these, <clears throat> excuse me, that all of these factors came together and that led to zombies as we know it now versus, you know, a Haitian voodoo thing. I guess my point in mm-hmm. that is it'd be cool to see a movie that uh, 
featured a zombie apocalypse brought about by voodoo magic rather than disease. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I want to kind of take this moment to shout out a show. So one of the, you know, indie podcasts that I have recently fallen in love with is called Whichever Path. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's an interactive audio drama. Okay. Do they provide like different tracks that they go, okay, if you want to do this, click this track or like how does kind it of. interactive? Basically they'll, they'll do an episode and then they'll give you options mm-hmm. and you vote on. Okay. So it's a little more long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. So Almost the... like an old school radio drama. Kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right now they are doing we haven't totally met the like the the villainy horror bad guys but i'm pretty sure basically it's old haitian or in this case jamaican i believe uh zombies where literally it was the black slaves rising up against their oppressors and it's making really them cool. into zombies well, no, 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 no. Um, becoming zombies so that they can eat the flesh of their oppressors. Badass. All right. I know. So it's like an even cooler version of the zombies that we talked about. I shouldn't say that because that's so awful, but it's also kind of not awful. No, anyway, not. yeah, go check out whichever path they're in the middle of a of a of a sweet thing season right now, and it's so sweet. And I'm so stoked. And some of my favorite people in the indie podcast community are doing voices in this season. So oh, fun. it's just really neat. I love it. But yeah, you know, you're looking for media that has that like proper, you know, curse yeah, magic yeah, yeah. zombie. And this is what they're given. That's it. Um, are yeah, their episodes really downloadable? Cool. Yeah. Cool. I haven't. Uh, I gave my that little cheapo MP3 player I bought uh, for entertainment on the trip i gave it to sam and i was like put music on here because i haven't got new music on my computer since like 2009 so help i feel that it's yeah it's not even really a joke so yeah um you want to get back to zombies yeah i think we said something about zora nail hurston oh and then it went off the rails from there and we never got control that's fine we can just talk about um what the cdc wants us to do when the zombies come yeah yeah we can what do they want us to do so, never fear, the CDC is ready. Never fear, the CDC is ready. So, I don't buy it. <laughs> so, this is actually, this is kind of a cool thing because it actually is like a, okay, sure, let's say there's a zombie apocalypse. Let's have a, an emergency preparedness plan. And it actually is really important to have, you know, like fucking potable water stored in your basement and shit yeah for sure you know boxes of water are the first thing Mm -hmm. and like um you know we started doing that in my house you know when i was growing up not like recently yeah uh and and just keeping like we'd we'd (laughs) we'd finish those big like juice containers Mm -hmm. the ones that are just like giant like maybe even more than a gallon juice containers that are fucking sturdy as hell. And we'd wash them real thorough and then we'd fill them up with tap water and then just put a cap full of bleach in there Mm -hmm. and just leave them in the basement. 
Call Isn't that good. too much bleach for that? Um, maybe it was less than a capful. I don't remember how much we. Yeah, put it was in probably there, way it less. It was probably it wasn't like a dangerous. Drop or something. I know. I know there is a safe amount of bleach to to clean drinking water, and I think it's like a drop. <laughs> but I think it's more than a drop for a gallon. Yeah. But because the thing about bleach is it's just incredibly alkaline. Yeah. And so if you spread that among your water, it's not going to fuck with you too much. Yeah. Well, and it's still better you know? than dying. Yes. But, um, you know, we've never had, like, an earthquake or a tornado or anything that fucking, like, ruined us. So we had to hide away in our homes and not be able to have access to the rest of the world. But quite a few times we've had our fucking, like, sprinkling system freeze over in the middle of the winter and had to turn off our fucking house water. Mm-hmm. And we were able to use that to brush our teeth and take really mediocre baths. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's. It's not just a big emergency situation in which you might need access to that kind of water. Yeah. Like, there is little emergencies that this sort of stuff is really fucking nice for, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, just, this is the natural disaster package. So, everybody needs an emergency kit. It should have at least one gallon of water per person per day. Which is a lot more than most people think. It's a lot of water. That's a lot of fucking water. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's honestly, if you were at a high level of exertion, one gallon of water per, per, per adult per day is just the amount of water that you would need to drink in order to stay hydrated, let alone mm-hmm. in a survival scenario where you need it for like personal hygiene and wound care and food Mm -hmm. and whatever else you know yeah a gallon a gallon really doesn't go that far for one person (laughs) yeah so that's why it's one gallon per person per day Mm -hmm. and so it really depends on how long you're expecting to survive if we're talking a zombie apocalypse then that's forever so you need all of the water that's ever been invented Mm -hmm. but i mean if you're talking you're you know, your plumbing goes out and you have to wait a couple of days to fix your water, a couple of gallons might last you a day. Well, and watching that Yellowstone uh, volcano documentary, I think they said something like you should have supplies for three days because if that specific incident were to happen, it would likely take three days for aid workers to get to you. Yeah. So... You know, yeah. you might you don't necessarily need to plan for forever, but probably, you know, planning for a few days, maybe even up to a week, depending on what your budget and space would allow, I think would be mm-hmm. like this definitely already has me thinking about my basement and outdoor space. And I, I could store a lot of water. I could store a lot yeah. of water. Uh, and, water storage is a really big thing. And those 55 gallon barrels that are food grade are actually way easy to come by out here because I live in buttfuck nowhere Mormon prepper Rural. land. Yeah. So Cow country. So, yeah, there's a, uh, almost every day on Facebook uh, Marketplace, there's like 50, those blue 55 gallon food grade water barrels where they're just like, here you go. Mm-hmm. How many you need? You know, when I we first moved that. into that house that my folks live in, mm-hmm. there were these huge tubs of rice when- that were just left there, mm-hmm. which I guess kind of makes sense. It means whoever had been living there before us had been storing food. Yeah. And was like, this is way too heavy and not worth it. Because rice is really cheap. And moving, like, a whole fucking giant couple of tubs of rice. Whatever. Leave it. (laughs) When my grandpa moved from Draper 
out here to the basin, which is, uh, you know, a little over 200 miles, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, he straight up moved his collection of coal. You told me that. All the fucking coal he had, he moved. <laughs> but we're still burning it, so whatever. Yeah. No, it makes sense. But, but yeah, so, so water's super important, and I feel like prepping... We've talked about prepping before in our American terrorism episodes, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's kind of become like a weird subculture. Yeah. It's a thing that people do and they're literally planning for the apocalypse. And I'm always like, or, you guys are fucking nuts. Or planning for some sort of, I think there's a religious bent where people plan for the apocalypse, but there's also that weird, like... I'm politically conservative, but I also don't trust the government and I'm preparing for some sort of war. Right. But I mean, that's them essentially planning for their own weird version of the apocalypse. Okay, fair. I just, I guess I hear apocalypse and think of a religious implication. And I think that there are two distinct- Literally zombies rising. (laughs) Especially where I am, right? I I am in the heart of those two distinct types of preppers, right? right? Like literally- Mm -hmm. There's crazy gun storing, like, Confederate flag flying, like, that kind of prepper, two mm-hmm. houses away. But then right. also, I, you know, head into town and, and, you know, go to my boyfriend's parents' house or my grandparents' house or their neighbor's house. And it's the, <laughs> like, you can't say that uh, Mormon food, uh, th- that food storage and prepping isn't like old school apocalypse religious because that's what it is oh it's it totally end times is. and so there are yeah. these very two distinct um approaches to prepping and doomsday <laughs> yeah that was actually probably one of the weirdest realizations that i made while doing all of that research about like preppers and the religious versus the right mm-hmm. preppers is um literally every christian religion technically believes in the apocalypse Right, and to some extent, like believing in the return of Christ, yeah, yeah, is like is like, you know, the all of the water turns to blood, and everyone dies and is tortured and tormented, and it's like, man, you guys are fucking hardcore. Yeah, like you're serious about this shit, crazy bitches. Well, you know, it's so funny. I think uh, I see. I have the same sort of thought process when I see people you know, suggested friends on Facebook or just whatever. You know, again, being in the heart of Mormon country, people would like seven eight nine ten eleven twelve children and i usually have that same thought process where i'm like ultimately you're doing this to bring about the apocalypse the second coming can only happen when all the souls of heaven are born unto the earth so literally they're popping out as much crotch fruit as they possibly can (laughs) is that a common belief or is that a mormon exclusive i don't know i definitely cannot answer that with any confidence at all Hey, non-Mormon Christians, do you also believe that all of the souls of heaven need to be born before the before the Jebus come back? Let us know. But anyway, not not to be completely derogatory and and inflammatory, but it is interesting because you can you could be incredibly reductive and boil that down to people are having babies to bring about the apocalypse. About the end of times. Which like, man, talk about taking one for the team. You know how fucked up your life is if you have 12 kids? Like, I don't know. That just sounds terrible. I think terrible. that they have their older kids raise their younger kids. Still, would you want 12 children in your house? 
I don't want one children in my That's house. That's my point. <laughs> I'm just saying, way to go, guys. You're committed to this thing. <laughs> I don't like it. Thanks but, for uh. bringing the end of times. For... <laughs> yeah, more than you know. Jesus. Something, something apocalypse prepping. Oh, I, I, I always think it's kind of funny to, you know, to hear people who actually are like prepping for the end of times mm-hmm. because it's like y'all are like w- the reason you think that you're going to survive is fucking ridiculous and the reason that you think this is even going to happen is fucking ridiculous you know like the whole the whole setting up this huge prepping thing because you think the apocalypse is coming and also you need to survive it is it just it's just too much it's just too crazy for me that said Prepping for some kind of emergency is actually a really, really good thing because you know what? House fires happen. Earthquakes happen. Power outages happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and even especially now uh, with our global climate being what it is and how uh, globalized our food chain is. um, Yeah. The simple fact that, you know, a hurricane halfway across the world could actually really dramatically impact our food supply. Like, we are not, we're not an island. Yeah. Well, and like, that's always happened. Well, yeah. I mean, not always, but I think, yes, for a right. very long time. And, and I think, I feel like it's getting to this sort of crazy apex in our history right now where like, the potential for something for a natural disaster, like I said, very far away to have incredibly drastic implications on our ability to feed ourselves. If we're not prepared, Mm -hmm. it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I remember a while back there was like a really, really weird freeze in Florida or California or some shit. And tomato prices skyrocketed that season. Do you remember Mm -hmm. that? I do. You know? So, and like, that's a, that's just a thing. Um, you know, we, but, but I mean, that said with the whole global climate change, anybody that's coastal, yeah, you are at risk of a really major hurricane, yeah. you know, and anybody that's like in a desert, like we are, we're always at risk of a huge drought. Well, and then also too, like, uh, to, to, you know, go off that desert, I'm, I'm in a food desert, you know, it's gotten better. You totally are. But yeah. it's definitely like over the last 10 years, the access to food out here has improved drastically, but you know, <sighs> Yes, it would be a pretty big infrastructure fail, but also the infrastructure of this state would not have to fail that severely in order for me to not have access to food. Yeah. You know, it it would not have to be an unfathomably epic event for uh, the Duchesne County to Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly not have access to food. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is, Probably you're not going to need a bunker to survive, like, literally the rest of your life in the apocalypse. Don't tell me what I need. I mean, live your life. I'm just saying you probably won't. (laughs) But you probably should prepare for three days to a week of basic necessities, just in case anything. The simple bare necessities of life. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> your face um okay so let's actually go through what they suggest to have in your emergency kit mm-hmm. one gallon of water per person per day we have been over three times <laughs> food stock up on non-perishable items that you eat regularly 
So this is rice, uh, pasta, canned foods. It doesn't necessarily actually mean non-perishable, period. It just means they really don't have a shelf life that's important anytime yeah. near now. Right. Like, yeah. pasta will go bad. Rice will go rancid. But, you know. Yeah. In a survival situation, even if you have to rinse weevils off your rice, it's probably worth it. Hell yeah. Also, I have hella canned tomatoes and applesauce in my pantry. I'm working on the. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you know, I I don't know if it's like a Mormon thing or if it was part of the whole prepping thing or whatever. But like, we always had canned food in our pantry yeah. that was literally like, you know, pasta sauce and salsa and and pickles and whatever the fuck that we had that were literally gardened yep. and then overabundant and then canned yeah you know yeah i can be pretty derogatory about the whole mormon culture thing but that's something that i've also benefited from because of my family ties and heritage is yeah is the uh you know uh impetus to you know what i think it is food. i think it's left over from how recently they had an exodus or a diaspora yeah they they so recently felt like they needed to always be prepared to be on the go. Yeah. Be prepared. In, as far as, like, recent history goes. Yeah. That they're still kind of preparing just as, like, a natural part of. I mean, that's the reason there's so many, like, crafters in, right. like, Mormon culture. Like, you know, beating and sewing and Making all furniture of that random whatever, shit. yeah. You need to be Making able to... Furniture. Yeah. So actually, all things considered, Utah would not be the worst place to go should a zombie apocalypse happen, because we technically probably could redo infrastructure I think in so. a way that would at least be survivable. I think there's other places that have more guns than we do, but as far as the ratio of like, you know, people who can hunt and defend and build and craft, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, and it's not like we don't have guns. No, exactly. That's what I'm talking, the ratio. I think our ratio is right. Yeah. Yeah. We're no Texas. We're no Texas. As far as guns go. We don't have, but... like, multiple people with personal tanks and shit like that. Yeah. Not every single household has an arsenal. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we'd be all right. We'd be all right. And we've got people that can make bows and arrows mm -hmm. if we need to hunt the good old-fashioned way. That's true. You know, me and most of my family have a proper bow who that was made by my grandpa. Says the vegan. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm also, like, atrociously good at fishing. <laughs> I'm so ashamed at how oh, good at funny. fishing I, I am. That. I'm really good at fishing. So that's the first thing I'm going back to if I ever have to eat meat again. And it's literally a survival thing because of the apocalypse. Yeah, that's valid. I'll be fishing. <laughs> so what else do we need? But... You need medicine. So this is prescription and non-prescription. So it's a really good idea to keep an abundance of ibuprofen, Tylenol, Excedrin, that sort of stuff. You know, Neosporin. Things that really do help day to day. But also, if you have a prescription, make sure that you have enough you know, for that three days to a week. Because if everything's shutting down, so is the pharmacy. Yeah. You know? Well, and too, like, and... depending on how how dependent upon that prescription you are, mm -hmm. you know, like, you might want to 
I don't know. I was actually about to say you might want to prioritize uh, your heart pills over your birth control, but shit. <laughs> uh, depends on how long-term that apocalypse really is. Well, and also, your birth control pills failing once is how you get preggers. Yeah. See also me. See also me, yeah. <laughs> My very existence. But, I mean, like, so I'm on a medicine, it's an anti-anxiety, antidepressant that I am really, really addicted to. And if I miss it, I mean, you've seen me. If I miss it for a day, I get fucking yuck. I mean, even a few hours, it seems like you start to notice the effects. Well, if a few hours over the 24 hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, if I've gone 36 hours without taking a pill, I start feeling yuck. And if I've gone like 72 hours without taking a pill, I am like ready to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Because the withdrawal symptoms are so bad. But, like, Kelly, he's a type 1 diabetic. If he doesn't have his meds, he actually will die. Right. As opposed to just feel like he wishes he would die. Right, exactly. Not to not to minimize the necessity of your antidepressant, anti-anxiety med, because you don't really want to go without that. But it's not immediately going to lead to your physical death. It just will make you maybe bring it about yeah. sooner. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and like Kelly would probably survive a couple of days mm-hmm. without any insulin, but it would be a miserable couple of days. Yeah. And then he would die a miserable death after however long, you know? Yeah. No good. Mm-mm. So, so that's a thing. So yeah, prioritize your medications, you know, keep your, basically keep your medicine cabinet stocked. I'm bad at that. And I don't even have ibuprofen first... in my house. I've never kept ibuprofen in my house. Well, I mean, I can't take ibuprofen, but um, I'll, I have several bottles of Excedrin. Uh, I'm a big fat hippie from a line of big fat hippies. And so like literally I have crazy amounts of like different herbal supplements and vitamins and things. Turmeric. Oh, I have hella turmeric and I have, you know, a, whole bu- I have a lot of cayenne and some gel caps I can put mm-hmm. it in. I have a lot of green tea supplements. I have, I have raspberry leaf. I have mullein. I have things like that. But I, well, and I mean that's your hippie version of keeping your medicine cap and cabinet stocked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have all the capsaicin I could um, possibly need. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, tools and supplies. So this is always keep a utility knife. I have hella knives. Yeah, like a utility knife is so fucking useful it is ridiculous Mm -hmm. it's for everything from you know everyone goes to like self-defense or or animal hunting or whatever using your utility knife for self-defense successfully are pretty slim yeah that's pretty slim it's a possibility but it's pretty slim but like opening shit cutting up things right i highly recommend the leatherman wave leatherman wave is where it's oh yeah i remember you specifically getting your utility knife yeah i love it i love it so much it's pretty what's up no i mean kelly who has never shot a gun i think that when he started working for his weird prepper people Mm -hmm. was the first time he'd ever seen a gun oh wow in real life it's impressive considering like that's his background yeah he carries a utility knife Good boy. You know? Like, they're fucking useful. <laughs> um, duct tape. Lots of duct tape. If you can't duck it, fuck it. <laughs> it's, I was about to ask if that was a quote from the Red Green Show, but clearly not because that shit was on KUED. No, I think that's just a thing that you should say. You can't if you duck can't it, duck it, it, fuck it. 
battery-powered radio is an example. I don't I don't know if that's... I don't know. Get one if you want. But, all like, batteries, flashlights. Solar-powered ham radio. Candles. Oh, yeah. Solar-powered or, like, those things that you shake them and that's what powers shake them? Shake, wait, you just... I'm keeping that audio yep. in. <laughs> um, sanitation and hy- hygiene. So, like, extra tampons, guys. Oh, God, yeah. Keep your tampons. But also, like, household bleach. Yeah, a gallon of bleach and a gallon of vinegar, I think, are both good things to have. A gallon of bleach and a gallon of vinegar. Uh, soap, towels, sanitary napkins. I mean, hell, even consider the fact that you might not be able to do laundry if shit goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is it? Baking soda? Oh, yeah. I can is a really baking soda easy around. way to, like, wash your laundry if you're doing it by hand. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, shit like that. Super, super important. Uh, change of clothes and bedding for each member of the family. Also, you know, like, sure extra bedding. Got... You know, I'm fortunate enough to have a fireplace, but, like, what if you don't? Like, oh yeah, oh my god, you need to be able to say fleece warm. blankets, motherfuckers. All the blankets, fleece blankets, all the blankets. Important documents. So, this is actually something that Piper had. Mm-hmm. My ex, for anybody that doesn't know me personally, she had a little, like, a little filing box. Mm-hmm. It was accordion box. It was essentially, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just all of her important, you know, birth. Birth certificate, social security. Almost said birth control, huh? I almost said birth control. Oh my gosh. Yeah, birth certificate, social security, driver's license, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, the important shit, passports. Basically, the idea is if you had a flood or a house fire, you can grab this box, and it's all of the things that you really need. Because if you have a flood or a house fire, it's absolutely devastating to lose your shit. But it is life-ruining to lose your identifying documents. Ability to prove your identity. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to get your life back after you have burned all of your identifying information. Yeah. Because usually you need, like, a driver's license and a passport to get your social security card. Right, you need one to prove the other. And then you need your social security card to get your birth certificate. And you need your birth certificate to get your driver's license. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they kind of all feed into each other. You can lose one, but you can't lose all of them. I was not ever really good at that until getting this place. Um, Mm -hmm. When I moved... I had to bring all those documents together and I was like, okay, fuck, where am I going to put them? And then I had like deeds and title documents and homeowner's insurance paperwork and just like bills, right? Proving that I pay like the little paid end of the bill stub, all that kind of stuff. And then I needed my, mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember for what, but I got my original birth certificate from my mother finally. And so all of those things actually was just like, mm-hmm. I need to get my passport out of that collection because I need to make sure I actually bring it with me to the airport this weekend. Um, I had this panic yes, moment in my brain where I was like, oh my god, what if I got down to the airport and didn't have my passport? I'd be so fucked. Anyway, um, I have one of those little purple accordion folder things that I keep on the bookshelf right next to my bed because I often, like, you know, do mm-hmm. bills and paperwork in my room and also, like, I'm p- mortified of losing any one of those things. So I'm glad that I'm doing the right thing as far yeah. as being prepared. Keeping your title in there. Keep 
to whatever yeah. it is important that you own your car, your house, whatever. Keeping keeping your checkbook. Oh, my in checkbook there. is in my purse. You know. But you know, like keeping that sort of important stuff in your little accordion yes. thing so that you have it. And then also first aid supplies. Which I could be better about as well. So like I have a lot in my house. Yeah. I could be better about that. Most of my first aid is just left over from the times that I have been right. sick or I have injured. a fuckload of like you know. I don't have, I have a, a lot of, of dedicated like athletic tapes and medical tapes and gauze and different types of bandages and alcohol and hydrogen peroxide and I mean shit, I could use my sewing kit just to to do stitches like hardcore old school style if I really had to. But uh like oh I have a blood pressure cuff. Like I have all sorts of stuff. But none of that is uh together anywhere that would really be helpful in a get the fuck out of the house emergency, let alone in a like oh my god, there's an emergency I have to deal with right now. Like, if I was in panic mode, none of that stuff would do me do me any good because I don't know where half of it is. Yeah. Um, keeping a long rubber tube oh, smart. for a tourniquet because you don't want to use string or, you know, you, you want to use something that has I would uh, encourage our listeners to look into something called an Israeli bandage. It was something that I never bought but was going to <laughs> for my backpacking uh, first aid kit. Mm-hmm. An Israeli bandage. I don't really know how to describe how it works, but it's basically supposed to be the um, safest method of tourniquet for, like, a novice to use. It's the way that you're least likely to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're in a situation where you do need to use a tourniquet, it's easy to accidentally cut off circulation too severely or in the wrong area and, like, really cause some yeah. permanent damage. And Israeli bandages are not expensive, and they're supposed to be one of the most foolproof me- foolproof methods of tourniquet. So, fun fact. Yeah. That's that's the reason you want to use rubber mm-hmm. or something stretchy instead of, like, yeah, I don't know, ribbon. You know, something that doesn't have any give. Because most likely yeah. you're going to cut off circulation, which is not technically the goal of a right it's the goal but not really the goal yeah 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 and it's supposed to be very very temporary not a permanent fix but yeah you know first aid you you won't survive a zombie bite technically but you know a huge wound from shrapnel not shrapnel but you know what i mean like stuff falling and breaking yeah you know glass Will cut everything. Everything that ever was. <laughs> everything that ever was. I mean, remember the the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City bombing episode where, you know, there was yeah. like 800 injured? Most of that was oh. glass from the expo- explosion. So oh. that's just one example of an emergency situation where it would be nice to have clean water, and a first right, aid kit. the ability kit. to look after yourself and not die. Yeah. Now, again, most people aren't going to deal with a giant bombing, but that's why it's an emergency. Right, well, and shit, like, I don't <laughs> want to be all like, you know, the end is here, but like, damn, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're in a time when domestic terrorism is definitely a thing, so... Yeah, that's true. We have an awful lot of shootings, so being able to... Okay, fun fact, listeners. If you're not a trained medical expert, you're not a trained medical expert. And a trained medical expert would do way better 
to do literally anything. And I am not a trained medical expert, but I do have it on good authority that tampons plug bullet wounds Hmm. like a motherfucker. Interesting. Whose authority is that on? Uh, Uncle Dale. Okay. Who was a army medic for a thousand years. Valid. I approve of that. That's actually where they started. They were a bullet hole plugging thing. And then in like World War II, when like the nurses- They were like, like, I know what I can do with this. Started really working part of the war. Yeah. They were like, this is a great idea. So they actually started as bullet hole plugging devices. You know, I think I remember hearing anecdotally that the tampon was invented by a man. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. But in that context, that makes sense. Yeah, it was probably invented by a man for wartime vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. It was was weird. It was some stand-up comedian who I wasn't sure... Whatever, their job is to be offensive, but I wasn't sure if I appreciated his particular variety of offensiveness at that time. And he was saying That's something fair. about how, obviously, tampons are invented by men because what woman in her right mind would just be like, just shove something up there! And I'm like, fucking, you obviously don't have a vagina. Like, we shove things up there all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's... Usually well, tampons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was weird. But an IUD is also shoving something yeah. up there. Or, like, a penis. It's not like sticking things in our vagina is foreign to women. Like, it has to be some... He was presenting it like it was some crazy fucking thing. Because, like, only a man would just be like, Stop the blood! Oh my god! And shove something up there in response to it. And I'm just like... Ah, uh, clearly he has never had white underwear yes, and a period. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, their final really, really big thing to have for an emergency is an emergency plan have the brains have the plan have the brains have the plans brains (laughs) so so one of the things is literally to prepare to be aware of what kind of emergencies would be possible right you know like in our area, it is really unlikely to get a tornado. Right. We're not very likely. And it is literally impossible to get a hurricane. Yay! But we're definitely in an area where we could get earthquakes. Yes. You know? And fires are also a possibility. Earthquakes, fires, and domestic terrorism, I think, is what we got to worry about. <laughs> shooters, active shooters. Yes. But, you know, basically being in. being aware of, of what kind of emergency to prepare for mm-hmm. can help you to be prepared for right. it how can you, know? you solve a problem that you don't know exists yeah um picking a meeting place for you know like you're not always going to be at home so it's not just like all right this is the room in the house or this is the part in the yard that we'll meet yeah but like sometimes it's like we're at school we're at work we're at we're we're you know doing errands we're doing friend stuff and getting back together is an important part of an emergency plan. Mm-hmm. Identifying emergency contacts. So this is, you know, both people to make sure that you can contact, but also knowing the contacts of police and fire and uh, that sort of thing. Right. Having those numbers maybe pre-programmed into your phone. Mm-hmm. And then having an evacuation route. So, like, I keep going back to fires, but, like, those are just, like, such a common, like, everyday thing. And also, that is a thing that 
literally happened in my lifetime to me. And like, if you live in a basement, you're not allowed to call a room a bedroom if it doesn't have one of those huge well windows. Yeah. And that's because you need to be able to get out in case of a fire. Right, you need to be able to escape your bedroom. Yeah. And I think that my folks finally put in a well window on that room that was my bedroom. Oh, nice. So you wouldn't die? But, well, that was way after I moved out. Oh. (laughs) But before I moved out, they literally gave me, you know, when I was, when I was little and, you know, throughout high school, they gave me a, uh fire extinguisher that i kept in my closet oh i think i remember that yeah i used it once fire extinguisher chemical stuff is awful yes fire retardant foam is is very bad it is awful it is so awful and it takes forever to clean up Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you're not dead but you're not dead so the the final thing from the cdc is essentially saying that like they are the center for disease control which means that if a zombie outbreak did happen, the CDC would be on top of investigating it. That doesn't make me feel better. Investigating it. I just think it's really funny that they're basically like, yeah, we'd study that. We'd study that. <laughs> We're not <laughs> saying that we'd like help you or save you or protect you. We would study you. Well, they'd study it and then, you know, help plan to make the world better Yes, with it. Yes. But... I don't know. I just think that's a really funny thing to end on is like, by the way, we are the CDC, so science. So science. We would totally look into that, just so you know. (laughs) I just think that's really funny. Oh, geez. If zombies did start roaming the streets, CDC would conduct an investigation much like any other disease outbreak. CDC would provide technical assistance to city, states, or international parks. I think it's weird they don't say the CDC or we at the CDC, just CDC. Which I guess, like, is is fair for what the acronym is, but still. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they do talk about, like, you know, they would do patient care. Mm -hmm. They would, you know, infection control. You know, urban development, urban planning, that sort of thing. Is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But, Yeah. Because I I feel like the CDC was a huge part of dealing with the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, they were part of, like, researching what was the cause and how to isolate it and then how to treat it and how to prevent it and, you know, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And obviously the AIDS epidemic isn't a zombie apocalypse, but... You know, it was absolutely like a terrifying epidemic Mm -hmm. that we had no idea what was happening in the middle of the 80s for the entire queer community. Right. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, follow. I was trying to explain that tactfully to one of my students who was learning about epidemics recently and was asking me about the AIDS epidemic. And I was just like, it was terrible. And she was like, well, what? And I was trying to like, you know, especially being a teacher in Utah to tactfully explain it was really bad. The, like, implications of the gay community and all the misconceptions that created and how, like, yes, there were a lot mm-hmm. of gay men affected with it, but that's not because it's, like, a, a gay men's disease. It's because of all these factors and da-da-da. And then working in with the parameters mm-hmm. of what you are legally allowed to say. Oh, man. Didn't they take out the um, the school curriculum that you're not allowed to talk about gays anymore? Yeah. Or... Okay. Yeah, it's not that we can't talk about, like, gay people. Oh, no, I mean, have gay students, right? It's but mm-hmm. It's that you still have to be very 
it's because we're aware of their home situations and their parents and their religious beliefs and all those sorts of things. Like we're a business, mm-hmm. right? It's not like we're a state run school where we can just be like, like, sorry, we're legally allowed to say this deal with it. Right. It's oh, right. like on a case by case basis, you have to be very aware of how you're engaging with the students about topics like that, because some of them have very, very, very conservative parents who will have very right. massive bitch fits. Oh God. Yeah. I hate that. But that's that's rough. It's difficult, but there's a lot yeah, of satisfaction. Yeah, I kind of liked working right. only for yeah. I kind of liked working only for the state because I could essentially be like, yeah, dude, I advocate for your right to exist. You know? Yeah. Fuck your parents. Your parents have already proved that they suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. As opposed to fuck your parents, but they're paying my bills, so I have to pretend that they don't suck. Yeah, pretty much. I don't like that, and that doesn't happen as often as it used to. But still, it's the thing I have to be aware of in my interactions and my teaching yeah but yeah that's that's zombies are you aware that it's gonna be a bitch to fucking edit i'm sorry are you aware that you can get a zombie task force (laughs) t-shirt become a member of the zombie task force order t-shirts through the cdc foundation by clicking here it's silly no buy one of our t-shirts once i get the shop set up (laughs) So I guess that's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this really weird kind of all over the place episode. Very tangential. I'll edit it into something I know, that makes I sense. I hope there's something there. I think there's. I think there's something there. But yeah, I I hope you enjoyed our ridiculous episode. <laughs> that I will edit into something that makes sense. Yeah. I've got the skills. Skills <laughs> to pay the bills. And. <laughs> And Sunshine's going to be in Costa Rica right now. So, you know, from now to then, happy Costa Rica, Sunshine. (laughs) Yay! Thank you. It'll be amazing. I'm there now. It's weird talking about uh, the future as though it is the current moment. But hopefully I'm doing something fun at this very second. Yeah. Same time zone. Fun fact, Costa Rica, same time oh. zone as Utah. Yeah, so I'll travel through cool. time zones to get there because air travel is absurd. But um, yeah. yeah, same same time zone. So it's fascinating. Fun stuff. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Social media, Palm Pitch Pod. Uh, oh, my God. My brain is so empty. I'm sorry for being like a million different places at once, dear listeners. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed our ridiculous mini-sode. Yay, mini-sodes! Our brains struggle sometimes. It's just how we do. Our brain struggles. It's how we do. <laughs> All right. Is that yep. it? Okay. Love you, Love bye. You, bye. <laughs> bye.